Yo, 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 uh, haha, yeah. You got your man Santino Iliano, aka the Thai Titan Stallion, Mr. Pinky Ring Shining. And with me, my partner in grind, he's a poet on the court, called Mr. C. De La Ghetto, aka Shooter. How you doing today, man? Man, lovely. Lovely, lovely. 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 Yeah. Once again, we are coming to my favorite day of the week, the Power Hour, Talking Smack 101. You can reach us at Talking Smack 101 at Twitter, Talking Squared Circle at Gmail. Or hit up the page, Facebook.com forward slash Talking Smack 101. Now let's get it started. The champ is here. Now this is, this is going to be a good special one today. It is. It's really special and it's actually going to be an episode that I hold really close to my heart uh, for the simple fact that uh, we have a really... We have an interview today with uh, one of the legends, uh, a Hall of Famer, actually, um, in boxing coaching. And then if you uh, grew up around here, it's uh, he's a legend in these Tacoma streets. And then I had the pleasure of knowing this man for, been boxing out of his gym for more than a few years now, so. Not just you. Not just me. Also not just trained, me. He this trained is a family a trainer, apparently. Yeah, man, train my pops, man, so it's. Um, it's a great interview. It's very raw, authentic. We were there at the gym. It's it was awesome. You hear you you'll be able to you'll yeah, be able to check it out. You'll be able to tell. Our, we ain't gonna be able to speak for it. You're gonna have to just listen. It's a very important subject too, especially because uh, the Tacoma Boxing Club is a very pinnacle place in Washington. It's a place for you know kids just to go to, um, and they and of course just to support them. Check out check them out. Facebook.com forward slash Tacoma Boxing Club. But you'll have to just listen and enjoy this interview. It's beautiful. It's great. Just because of the authenticity and everything that he brings to represent. We've got a couple good stories about him, about some local fighters, professional fighters you've heard. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's just it's what we do. You'll like it. You, you hear him do some talking smack 101 also. Yeah, man. So just, uh, well, I'm done talking about it. Go ahead. Check it out for Sit yourself. Sit back, listen. Go ahead and enjoy. And we'll be back. All right, I'm here with the great Tom Mustin right now, man. And uh, for those who don't know, he is the head trainer and coach of the Tacoma Boys Boxing Club in Tacoma, Washington, man. How you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. All right, all right. Now, even though I know, man, how long have you been doing this, man? I started in, I was assistant coach starting in 1972. I took this team over in 1974, and we moved up here in 81, 82. Man, you've been coaching 40 years, man. Man, you didn't seen a lot of people come in and out of this gym, man. I haven't seen that much light here. So yeah, for it's coming up, though. Man, how many uh, how many fighters won the Golden Gloves under you, man? I couldn't even. I'd have to look at my resume. I couldn't even begin to tell you. Uh, think right now, I have 50 national champions. That's not the Golden Gloves, it's the Golden Gloves is local, but yeah. I have at least 50 national champions, uh, 50 national three world champions, champions in uh, amateurs, and three world champions in the pros. Man, all right, man, You, uh, who were some of the special fighters that you've seen that came through here, man? Some of the special fighters that come through here didn't even make it. They didn't even make it in, uh, as a pro or anything like that. Uh, Probably one of the most special fighters that come through here was Amalyn Watkins. He still rides his bike around the streets of Tacoma. Uh, he was uh, like a six-time 
national champion. He was a world champion in the junior world games. Uh, he had too many bad habits, and he just didn't make it. Just didn't make it, man. That seems, you know what? That seems actually to swallow a lot of fighters too, from what I've noticed, man. It always gets into something, but yeah, I mean, you've disciplined a lot of them. But outside of that, when well, you there's get a lot of, of them that end up making it, that uh, do really well, and uh, they might not be national champions and stuff, but they'll go on to have great lives and uh, become productive citizens. Uh, my nephews came through here. One of them's a captain in the army now, and the other one's. Uh, a master sergeant and he does recruiting down in Puerto Rico so he's getting ready to work right under a general because he's uh, reset highest stage you know uh, when we heard that they were gonna put us out a lot of boxers uh, old boxers that came through here uh, wrote uh, to the CEO talking about how this program helped change their lives or saved their lives you yeah. know but they're not listening. They're not listening. Yeah. It um. Now also, man, my uh, my pops used to train under you. Some yeah, years, yeah. Uh, some years back, man. And um, now he was uh. Now I go and I talk to him a lot about you know just how it was back in the day. And then um, I just found out, um, Sergey Kovalev trainer John David Jackson. He used to come. He used to be he a fighter. He boxed for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, so that's, he boxed for me, and uh, he became a national champion. He ended up. Uh, at the JOs, he uh, had a compound fracture of his leg. We were in North Carolina and some towns, people were chasing him. And uh, he stepped uh, under one of those benches with uh, the, uh, a table, a picnic table with a bench built onto it. Snapped his leg and then he ended up crawling. He got dirt in it. He, we had to leave him there in the hospital and stuff. I thought that that injury changed the way he fought but he still ended up being a national champion after that injury um, now he's a now he's a world-class trainer man and so right. that, that was always he's a, a he's, one, he's, a, he's gonna be he's a go-to guy for a lot of folks and it's a name that a lot more people are gonna definitely hear mm -hmm. yeah definitely hear more yep he came right out of this program as he lived in seattle his dad used to drive him down and we changed him around uh, I remember the first JOs I took him to. He uh, fought a kid from Michigan that was 54 and 0, and that was in the semifinals. And Jackson beat him, so he wouldn't have had any trouble in the finals. Man. Hang on a second. Hey, cut the running around. <laughs> okay. Who's uh, some maybe some of the favorite fighters that you had come through here, whether they're national champion or turned pro? Because also on the top of that, man, uh, Sugar Seals came here. He was, I was assistant when he came through. I was assistant coach when Davey Armstrong came through. I was assistant coach from uh, when uh, Leo Randolph come through. Uh, Who still they, shows his face too. Leo comes, Leo comes lot, in every lot, Thursday yeah. to talk to the kids and and show that he's, he's interested in the kids. Uh, after the previous coach left, Davey Armstrong and Rocky Lockridge boxed for me and they stayed here and they stayed with me and they ended up winning the Nationals right after the coach that was here left. So, you know, it, nothing changed, it stayed the same. Yeah, man, now, there is not, now see, I'm not consistent enough because I got a job, man, but I've been coming here for about six years or so. And then there's not one day I've came here and you were not here. How do you mentally prepare for this every day to do this for 40 years, man? It's hard. 
Because um, I know there's days that I don't feel like coming. Not there's barely days here, that so. I don't feel like coming, <laughs> but I know that if I'm not here, nobody's going to be here, so I'm here. And then, you know, when you got kids and, and you're trying to teach them and you got to teach them to be consistent and to be, you know, role model citizens, you have to sh show up. You have to show so they can see that there's somebody consistent in their life. When I was young and I joined the club, we had fly-by-night coaches that they may show up, the next day they might be in a bottle, but you know, that's something that I made it a point to always be there for the kids because you never know what kids you might save because you're here. Uh, just this year alone, we've had uh, five national champions this summer. We had five national champions. We won the little old Tacoma, won second place in the nation in the junior golden gloves. Trophies up there to prove it. I come back and I showed it to the club. We ended up having a meeting that Thursday. And it was the farthest thing from my mind that they're going to tell me that we were in evicted. Man. I thought they wanted to talk about how we did the yeah. weekend, you know. And no. They Man. told us they had changed directions. Get off the weights. Get off the weights. And the worst thing I think for kids anytime is boredom. You don't have an outlet somewhere like this to go or anything else. And that's where they start making some bad decisions. Well, you know, um, someone for 40 years kids ago. nowadays, they have all those computer games and all of that stuff to play with and all they want to do is sit at home and do that. A lot of parents have brought their kids up here to get them away from that. To get them out doing some uh, some exercises and some work and doing something, you know, keep their bodies from just sitting down and be glued on a computer screen. That's kind of how I got some of the kids that come in here. Yeah. That's actually awesome. Smart by those parents for sure. <laughs> because you learn more than just boxing in here. It teaches you other disciplines, other lessons you can learn for everything else. Yeah, right, right. Now we're over here, and I'm to my left. I'm over here sitting by two, three, four, five foot trophies. How is it that you guys, little Tacoma, is doing so well, especially with amateurs and all the fighters that come through here? How does it? How do you separate yourself, and this gym separates itself from anybody else? Because all the coaches that are in this gym, they have to learn my system. They can't come in here with uh, their systems, how they want to do things, because they all have their ideas on how they want to change things. Before, uh, uh, I had to put I had to put several coaches out of here. Uh, before, they changed it. Before I can think of, because they wanted changed a lot to, since I started coming here. There's every no new coaches that I see all the time. So. But they're teaching the same system that I drew up the same uh, basic things. They teach the kids the same basics, the same advanced skills. They follow this program. They don't come in here with ideas of their own and try to change anything. They, if they want to change something and they think they have a better way of doing something, they always run it by me. And I have adopted some of the things that they thought that was good to change. And I recognize it and I change with them you know but still everybody is under the same umbrella they all teach the same and that's one of the reasons why we're successful because every coach in this gym is to yeah proven system improving yeah. yeah. all the awards and the, the resume itself is yep. a proven system man now it was um I know you don't keep up too much with UFC right 
No, me can't neither. Stand it. Me neither. I don't, yeah, like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't I like it either. Until my man here is borderline gay porn. Yeah, is I don't like it. It's too many men rolling around and stuff like that. But it's would not it be too so men rolling around. It's just that it, to me, it's a brutal sport. How are you gonna get somebody on the ground and just pound their head in? You know, yeah. that, that don't happen on the street. You, no, it, you, yeah, you, you don't, don't even break that up when it goes to that yeah. part. Now, um, no. I noticed that a lot of the there's a lot of boxing coaches and trainers out there that do help UFC fighters prepare with just well, like, a lot of them have to do it in order to make their gyms uh, payable, to be able to make their gyms so they can pay the rent on their gyms. I don't never had that problem, so hey, it's just been boxing. I don't even entertain. UFC or, or teaching it. There's a gym we went to down in Vegas. Uh, one of the kids, actually, he's a, a good boxer. Now, his dad took over the boxing program. Is downstairs. The UFC program is upstairs because uh, the guy that owns the gym, he's making good money in UFC, and he's able to pay for keeping the doors open doing that. Uh, we have never had to do that, so... I never had to learn anything about UFC. Uh, to me, boxing is too hard. Not See? boxing is a sweet science, that's why I love it. it hey, I'm not gonna tell you guys again to stop running around. <laughs> no, the, the, reason, the reason why I bring that up is because there was a major UFC bout which I just completely bashed the other, uh, the other day. And then um, I'm hearing, I watch a lot of sports, so I'm hearing one of the news, sports newscasters talk about that day boxing died because it was a whole bunch of people who bought the fight and watched the fight and it was supposed to be really popular. But, and then I went off on one of our shows to just talk about how, no, how, how do you feel about the current state of boxing? Um, the current state, a lot of young people like the UFC. But, uh, and, and then boxing can't really get the sponsors now that they deserve, but uh, I don't think it's dead. No. I watched, shit, I watched most every fight at the Olympics, and uh, there's some stuff that needs to be done on that level. Yeah. And when I was Olympic coach, it was still the same things that need to be cleaned up. And I don't know if it'll ever be cleaned up because every Olympics they threaten to throw boxing out if they didn't clean it up. So now they're trying to talk about bringing MMA into it and bringing wrestling out. How do you contradict that? Well, they only got three weight classes for wrestling now, you know. So, and that's one of the oldest sports in the Olympics, and they're trying to cut that out. You know, I don't agree with a lot of stuff they're doing. I don't agree with. Taking the headgears off of boxers now, but and the amateurs, the and that, that's the only reason they're doing that to try to increase the popularity. But it's causing too many cuts. Uh, it's causing the best guy from the U.S. didn't make the team because he had a, like a two-inch gash in the middle of his head. Yeah, and there goes his Olympic chances, and hope died with that. I've had some guys that have been to the Olympic trials and have gotten cut. I, something I really don't agree with. Uh, they're saying that you get more less concussion. Yeah, it's but less I don't believe that for one minute. Because in '84, the headgear went to the. They started using headgear in the Olympics because they had a, a study at Wayne State University about how the headgears protect you and and uh, 
kept you from getting concussions. Uh, when they had that on um, Real Sports, they had a Barry Jordan on there. He's a neurologist out of New York. He's over the medical board in New York. And he's a neurologist. And uh, he's done surgery on people with brain damages and stuff like that. And he doesn't agree with it. Uh, his uh, statements made plenty of sense. The guy from uh, IEVA, who's a world governing body of boxing, they did one study at one uh, major uh, international event like the European Championships, and that's what their study was based on. Wayne State's study was based on years of study, and that's how they got uh, headgear into the Olympics. Now they're going to take them out. The sole reason they're taking it out is for the popularity to try to make more money. I when I when I went on my when I went on my rant about how I don't like UFC, I, I said one of my main things was it was a, it was a blood infest. It was a blood like people want to see that. I think that's what people I think do want to see. They want to they want to see that viciousness and that's they the reason see, why people want to see knockouts. They want to see blood. They want somebody to stand there toe to toe. They're, they're taking the yeah. they're taking the sweet science out of boxing. And that's you can't do it. I mean, like I was telling you. One thing I don't agree with is they're trying to take the headgears off of kids now. Yeah, that that is just idiotic. Especially when they still get, they still growing. Yeah. Well, you know, they're saying 18, their reason for it. Well, 18, you can make your own decision. Yeah, exactly. But if you're under it, then you got to protect these ones. Kids, their parents make the decisions. I think there's going to be a big backlash from the parents, and that might kill boxing. Hey, get them in, get them started. Get them started. There might be a big backlash, and uh, that might cause boxing to go down. When they change the year, uh, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but they changed the starting age to 10 years old for boxing. Well, all of a sudden the amount of registered boxers in the United States went way down. Then they had to bring eight-year-olds back to get it back up there again. That's where you really start seeing some of the talent maybe come out, and that's the time you definitely want to get them into it, when they can find a love and passion for it. Um, yeah, they don't want to do, you know, that's the time to get them into it before their passion might change to other sports. You kind of don't, you don't, you don't, you want to get them before their passion changes to other sports. I've had people call with kids as young as six years old, four years old, five years old. They want to get them into boxing. Not possible. You can't join USA Boxing until you turn eight years old. So I have to tell them they have to wait. Now I was lucky. My dad was an amateur fighter, so I, I had my boxing experience and training all as a young kid. And I did a lot of martial arts growing up, and I did some amateur kickboxing as well. Um, and I, and I, that's why I love the sweet science over everything else. And I was telling him, like, Kimbo Slice has proven that anybody can go into the MMA and make a career, but you can't do that the same with boxing. You can't come in late. You have to have the sweet science discipline to be able to Here's go. A few people that come in late, not many. Not many at all. <laughs> the not best, many at all. I found that the best time to start these kids is eight and ten years old. Teach them the basics, teach them advanced skills, and that's going to stay with them all their life. All you have to do after that is make sure they keep their skills, they hone their skills, make sure they keep doing things right. Because kids are just like anybody else. 
they'll get lazy, they'll start cheating on the drills that I teach them. And then you have to keep reminding them to do all the drills right and stuff. Don't cheat on them, but that's human nature. I agree with you. Go, go ahead. I have uh, maybe two last questions for me, and then I'm good. Um, who, who was the last world champion for Washington State to come out of here? Uh, Emmett Linton won some minor world championships, but the last true world champion to come out of here was Paul Vaden. Okay. He beat Vince Petway, and I remember uh, he was a Philly fighter, and of course, Al Mitchell was Olympic coach, and I was Olympic coach, and he was telling me how he didn't stand a chance with Vince Petway, but he knocked him out in the 12th round, and he won his title. So. Do you have any other guys in here you see as potential world champions, either from the amateur group or anybody else you can think of? That I, I see some, and you know, I'm 70 years old now, and I hope I'm around long enough to get this group of kids that are coming through now that are... 11, 12, 13 years old, I see some potential in them. And uh, one kid, Harley Cuevas, he's a two-time national champion. And uh, Dedrick Crocklam right behind me, uh, he won the nationals this year. He should have won it last year. He took the silver at the, at the Junior Olympics. Should have been a goalie. We were in Texas. He fought a guy from Texas. He lost a three to two split, which was was be yeah home cooking exactly what it was. Yeah, I'm pretty confident and, they should um, be there around because they, they don't build guys like you anymore. Uh, you know they're not they, people just aren't built this way. You know. It's a I just hope you know I just hope that uh, I can see those guys grow up because I can see right now there's some special talents. This group of kids that are going to be in here today. They are some special talents. Man, you actually are going into my next one of my next questions I was going to ask, man. When you're looking at them and you see special talent, what are you looking for? What do you see in them? Um, Harley uh, watched some of the older boxers, and then uh, first thing I saw there was he was starting to body punch, and then finishing off to the head and that type of stuff and putting his punches together. He listens well. He's been, he's able to change in the in the middle of a fight if I see something that's going to work. He's able to change, but he's a hard-hitting body puncher. Uh, Dedrick has got super fast hands. He refuses to lose. Uh, if he gets behind, he just turns it up, man. And I mean, he turns it up. That, they got that dog in him. They do, dog. both of them, and then his dad, Harley's dad that's helping me coach now, he'll watch those two spar, and he's just mesmerized at how how they spar, that back and forth and back and forth. He gets it. He knows that those two kids sparring together is what's going to make national champions. And then there's a kid, JJ. He reminds me of uh, Diego Corrales, the way he throws punches and stuff. And he's he hasn't been able to, he didn't make the adjustments that I want him to, to make at the uh, Nationals. Uh, he fought a lefty, uh, he got a good straight right hand, he kept stepping to his right and he kept getting hit by that sloppy hook that that lefty was throwing. I couldn't for the life of me get him to change and go the other way. If he had went the other way and he would have been, uh, that hook would have been inside and he'd have been outside that hook. He'd have beat the kid, but 
that's just something that he's gonna have to learn coming up. Now, now, with all these trophies you got lying around and all the kids that you've seen, when they turn pro and they leave the gym, like what changes? Why don't they? Why don't they flourish after that, man? Do they just get rid of the basics of what they learned here, or? Well, I haven't. System they don't take with them, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Marquise, for instance, he wanted to go somewhere else. My first sparring partner. Yeah, he uh, was too many demons. Um, I, I, I just told him, I said, I don't even have to sign a contract with you, but you are going to pay me 10% because we paid your way all along. And then if I'm going to work, work you in the pros, I want my 10%. He didn't want to do it. He come off wanted me to sell tickets for my 10%. No, adios. Uh, really, you know, um, we just haven't had a group that's kind of was ready to turn pro. We had Nick and Elijah and some of those kids that if they had better work ethics as a senior boxer, they would have been ready. They were saying they're going to turn and then something happens. Mm -hmm. Dugan, I don't know if you heard him, he's in deep water now because uh, Top Rank wanted him. They, his, what was his name? Dugan Lott. Top Rank wanted him because they saw something in him at the Nationals. And so he just got into the wrong things, you know. So Now, but now one of the... Uh, guys that you got that came out here that I actually saw when I first started here was Andre. Now you Andre still, is fighting pro. He's yeah. fighting at the Emerald he, Queen on, uh, on this Saturday, Saturday coming. We, we will be there. We, so we come, we he just got, got a... Andre, he has to get his weight down. Mm -hmm. He has to do the road work. Uh, make, make sure he comes to the gym when he... Because he's, he's, a, he's a super talent. He's, he's, just, a, he's a pure boxer. He's a pure he's boxer. He's a pure he's boxer. Just, depends on how hard he works because the kid he's gonna fight is in your face he's gonna be in your face Andre yeah. can't lay back and give no rounds on the away and yeah, yeah on like the ropes last fight. that's what got him knocked out laying on the ropes chin up hand down yeah. you know and uh, maybe I shouldn't even took that fight because the kid was too heavy well, I told uh, I told Dre when he came out. I mean, he was fighting at 160 at that time, right? Right. Oh, you too, you too big to be. Your your frame is He's not built for. He's too to small be to be 160. 160. You needed to be. You need to be around he 140. He should be 147. Or well that's exactly what we said. That's, that's exactly said. where he should be. And then he's gonna naturally flourish in that, though. So, yeah. but I honestly think. But he's fighting this fight at 150, so he's getting down where he's supposed to be. Uh, first, when he first came back to spar. I didn't, he didn't look good, but uh, the last two sessions he's gotten better and better. And this Monday, he looked real good Monday. He uh -huh. looked real good Monday. And I uh, think we were on him about us not getting on the ropes and stuff, and he didn't. He kept it in the center of the ring. He yeah. threw his combinations like he was supposed to. He uh, threw his jab like he was supposed to. Sometimes, uh, uh, Cordell wanted them to use power. I didn't want him to really use power. I just wanted him putting his combinations together, and and that's what I saw that he was doing. Come on, man! Come on. That's what keeps you raw and authentic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm a, that you? I'm doing an interview. <laughs>
Man, Rico, uh, help him with his phone, man. If it was one of the kids, I'd be a little upset. Jeez. <laughs> so, he has something for you. No, so, like, you just got done winning, uh, you just got done winning the Nationals, and then you come back, and then they all of a sudden tell you that you're getting evicted, and you moving. You moved out. That came as a shock to me. That's why I wanted to definitely make sure I got in here and asked you if you needed help. You know, before that, man, this is a staple of the community, man. Just like you said, man, you trained my pops. You didn't train. You've been here for 40 plus years, man. What What is that going to do to the gym now? Uh, I'm hoping beyond hope that we don't load all this stuff in a container and it's just sitting. I'm hoping that by that time, which they only gave us a month to move, when it should have been a six-month thing to find a new gym. If it had been a six-month thing, all these people that are making offers and stuff, they could have built gyms or or whatever and got something together for us. Now we got a month to live. Now it's down to, to move. Now it's down to three weeks. Uh, we do have a hit at uh, school board. We talked to the uh, assistant superintendent of schools. He's trying to make something happen for us to move out at Old Gray Middle School gym. So I'm hoping that. You know, you, uh, you brought him up. You brought him up earlier. I actually was in the movie theater the other day, and, and Emmett was in there. Emmett Lintney was in there, and uh, we're gonna inter we're gonna interview him soon too. He's the one who told me about you guys moving to Gray. I didn't know if it was uh, concrete or anything. It's like not that, concrete. Emmett is. Oh, that's the best move. That's the best move. It ain't concrete until that guy signs the paper saying we can do it. We don't have a place to go. There's been hits at the Muckleshoots Casino. They've been talking to uh, the Emma Queen Casino. There's a building downtown that that they're talking about buying. That and we take you upstairs and they do boxer size classes downstairs and stuff. But then that's too much like work. I'm not ready to go back to work. Uh, is somebody contacting them about um, building the Stan Nakarado Memorial Gym home of Tacoma Boxing Club? But that's going to take more than two weeks. Yeah. Uh, this meeting this Thursday, the mayor of, of uh, Lakewood's going to be here. They want us out in Lakewood, so. Gotta see, I gotta play that's all that's offers, a good name man. To hear, though, because that means there's still support. Dual. And but the time oh, is yeah. the biggest issue right yeah. now. Obviously, the time. The time, right yeah. I don't want these kids. Way I scheduled to move, they want to dissolve by the, the first of October. <laughs> we have a competition in Yakima that I'm helping this lady put on October first. So I got them to extend it to the third and the fourth of October. And then that would give us the third and fourth to get everything down and everything out of here. And that would be a Monday and Tuesday and then a Wednesday, Thursday, and a Friday to get everything put back up wherever we go. Right now, it might be that school. I don't know. Until it's signed on the dotted line, I don't know. It's Wednesday. You have to see me and we'll be able to help. I keep telling Emmett until... They come back and it's on the dotted line. We don't have a place. So we got to keep these meetings going. And then we had to sign the eviction notice. And, and I thought that that was a little pressure on it. They were going to, they wanted us to sign and it had to be in by last Friday. They gave it to us like on a Wednesday. That didn't give them enough time for us to have a lawyer check it or anything. 
I thought that that was kind of underhanded and and that was, you know, pushing us to the limit. Nah, but uh, just like because they offered, they, they offered to give us money to move. If that wasn't signed and all that stuff, they was gonna take that money back. So you know, to me, all of that crap is underhanded and dirty that they're pulling. It's definitely unethical. I don't like how it sounds. Now, as of right now, for where we would send anybody if they wanted to come check you out, um, is it, I got a Facebook page at Tacoma Boxing Club. Is that gonna be the best mm -hmm. place to reach you guys? That's the best. Go to Facebook, That's the best name, thing to go. We got a GoFundMe there. We got. What's the GoFundMe site? Is that? Can, will it's they right on link? there. If you go to that, you go to that link. Yeah. So anybody listening, uh, if, you, if you're interested in Tacoma Boxing, whether you want to help out or just see about membership to join the gym, get your kids here, just go to Facebook, look up at Tacoma Boxing Club, and you'll be able to find us. The only one on there. Do you have anything else? You'd I'm like kind of leery man? about. I've had eight kids come in to join, you know, and then it's kind of leery about joining them up when we didn't know where we were going to go. Some parents brought the kids up and they joined them anyway. We don't care. We're going to join them. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't want to take the money and then all of a sudden all our equipment is stored in a container. So, so now we've heard now that the parents definitely want them here. Jim wants to be here. You got meetings with the mayor the set up. They said, man, out. so there's a lot, still a lot of positive, positive out there available for everybody. Yeah, that's for sure. It's just as long as the time can get. Uh, the time is the only thing that's the problem. Exactly. The, the time, time is the problem. If we had six months, then you wouldn't even be we, worried about it. I wouldn't be worried because we could. There's supposed to be a guy that's got investors that they said they wanted to buy this part of the boys club. Wow. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, if he got that kind of investors, then hey, get put up own, a place. Get, get, get us our own gym. That way you ain't yeah. got to worry about shit. You ain't got to worry yeah. about that. But then sometimes you got to be leery about investors. They may want to come in and slide people in over you and dictate how you're doing yeah, things money's and, involved, it's yeah and they, 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 they might want to bring their own feel. people in yeah now i want to you know, end on the, a the, the crazy so. thing is this is proven why would you yeah. why mess would you with it? it if it ain't broke don't fix it, it. Broke, yeah no, but you never know how how people are you know now, Wait, what were you about to say? I always like to end on a positive note. Now I was wondering if you had any, maybe a little quick funny story of any fighters you've had come through here, whether it be somebody you trained or just someone who might have came through to visit. Yeah, any, any good stories, any good ones that you can tell. Because I always tell people, like, if you had any old, time, old timers in your life around, ask them to tell you an old time, an old funny story, or something good from an era that we won't see or that just, just doesn't exist anymore. Like well, you know, uh, I don't think I can think of any funny stories off the top of my head. Hey, but, uh, what are your favorite stories? It's, I don't know. I could say I got uh, last year, uh, or was it this year? It's 2016 early in the National Golden Gloves. I was uh, put it into the National Golden Glove Hall of Fame nice. as a coach. Yeah, I was but, there. I was there. You weren't down at No, uh, wait a minute. No, no, you got no. You, you were got in the one in here in Washington. When you got recognized at uh at the uh, at the Emerald Queen. You got recognized there oh, too. No, that wasn't it. But I was that saying I went year. in it's the pictures in there I went into the National Golden Glove Hall of Fame. And then, you know, the funny story might be at least I got it while I'm still above the dirt. You know? <laughs> and then I I went into the Tacoma Pierce County T A C uh uh it wasn't Hall of Fame, uh, 
Anyway, it might be in the Hall of Fame. I got a ring and the whole works, and it was a nice event down at the dome, you know. That's something just for the Where you come up and they show the pictures of the work you've been doing. They showed Keenan's knockout, and then they showed stills, and they talk about you and all of that stuff. So. Man, all right, Coach, man. It's great to hear from you. Congratulations on that feat, man. I'm glad you got it above dirt still, too, man. They always say yeah. it's always good. To, they always remember you and everything you've done. After you've after gone. gone. So, like, know. man, that's good that you got that now, man. I, and we're we talking to whoever's listening out there. Just remember, go to the Facebook page at TacomaBoxingClub.com. And then, hey, GoFundMe's on there, too. Anybody who wants to contribute, communicate through there, and that's going to be the best way to do it. All right, man. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. So, now that you guys heard that interview, that was... Um, that was really special for me. Like per that was that was real, real personal for me to actually interview that man. I mean, as annoying as his voice can get, you know, hearing that turn them ropes, and then you hear him yelling at the quit background. Running. Oh, they can't quit running around. You hear it. You hear it though, man. That it, it's very special, man. So that's exactly where I started. I showed uh, I showed my partner here, Sonny Ill, where I first uh, stepped in. Uh, Shadow box that yep. man, first laced him up. So luckily we didn't get into was, any debates because we would have had to settle them right there in the ring. Yeah, but, but then we also, can't, you know, let these kids. We have to let the kids focus, yeah. train, let them focus. Um, yeah. Hopefully they'll be able to get the app downloaded and check this out, uh, Mr. Tom Mustin. Mustin, yeah. And then so um, it's it's really disgusting too how the boxing gym was treated and how they're this such a short notice, man. So like um, to show your support, got, to show your support, man. You know where. Facebook.com, that's Facebook.com forward slash Tacoma Boxing Club. They have a GoFundMe link on there. So if you want to show your love and support, go there, click on the link, donate what you can. We're going to donate our time and whatever we can. Help move. We're going to yeah. help them move. So if you're local. It's a pillar. It's a. It really is a pillar in this state and in this is. town. So it's, um, you they heard gonna be about the championships. I saw the trophies. Yeah. That's crazy how many trophies they got. It's insane. Uh, uh -huh. and, if you, and if you look at it. If the you history look at on it, the walls. If you look at it, though, too, is like you see all the trucks and you see the mm -hmm. gym. It's not one of those spectacular upping, like one of those high tech. I Ivan Drago does not uh, no. train there. He would, he would have walked not, in yeah. and walked out right away. Yeah. So yeah. and that's what that's why it's special, too, man. You get in there, you smell that musty air. Man, and then something it's, uh, about that sweat in there. <laughs> And, and just seeing the ropes and the bags, watching everybody, watching the kids. You know, you had your couple kids there just, to, you know, for there for to maybe to kill some, not kill some time, but for something else to do. Being and then the productive. ones that are actually there to box. And so. you see them working by themselves on the bag, and that's what I love to see. Because that's, it gave them a place to go. You heard it yourself. You heard everything in the background, though. That was real, and that's what, uh, and so that's so what I'm glad we got to show your support. The Facebook.com forward slash Tacoma Boxing Club. The GoFundMe link is on there. Um, and you can hear it exclusively through that Squared Circle app. You can reach out to us at TalkingSmack101 at Twitter.com. Give us your feedback. Everybody that's been listening and checking it, we love the support. We love it. We love it. And we give a big shout-out to all y'all. For anybody who loves it and helps, feedback is always good. You know, once we get, it'll get better as we go. TalkingSquaredCircle at gmail.com. And we got more interviews lined up, though. We got some former Ooh. champs. We got some gold medalists. We got a whole bunch of people lined up, man. More we just wait. Come. We just wait for you. Just wait. Hey, we. I promise more you, we're going to get better. I promise more you that. More will come. All right. On, on to the pros now. On, on to the pros. On to the pros. So, very PBC again. Yep. Al Heyman. You know, PBC again. Got us a nice little fight card. Um, not a lot of big names on there, so they did it smart. Up-and-comers, shorter rounds. Yeah. Uh, the first fight we had 
Paldo. Justin Paldo. And Eric Anton. Yeah, Anton. Anton. So Anton. Um, uh, it's oh, when I when I when I first saw the shorter rounds, um, they did. Uh, I want to say the format was uh, the it was four fights. The mm-hmm. first two were six rounders, mm-hmm. and the last two were eight, eight rounders. rounders. The first thing I thought about was the Olympics that just passed. Mm-hmm. You got those short fights. It's not a whole bunch of rapport you got to build up. Nope. So you got to come straight at it. Yeah. Yeah, come straight at him. So um. Saw that happen. Well, the first fight, Anton tried to come straight at him. Yeah. But ba- Paldo's good boxer. But he bo- he boxed the perfect fight. Boxed the perfect uh, fight. So his his trainer's definitely happy for him. Um, you can tell he's patient. Yeah. He the, if the KO comes, he's fine. Yep. Um, Seven and one, four knockouts. It's, train, uh, that's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, Eric Anton is um, we 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 just we always discuss about how the boxing game is ferocious. Mm-hmm. Um, started off four and zero. Oh. Hmm. Started off 4-0. Had uh, one knockout. Lost the last three, which is, and then he fought Paldo was four. Yeah. So he's 4-4 four he's, now. He's four and four now. So mm-hmm. it's crazy how fast the tide can turn. You exactly. are up and comer. You look good. You're, mm-hmm. hey, you're 4-0. You're, on, you're starting your professional career. I saw this happen to a local fighter. Something, well, I could be wrong about this. He might have just got worked, but um, didn't have any knockouts. He was going into his fix 6-7 fight. Uh, McCleary. From uh, Bonnie Lake or whatever, and good crowd, yeah. and he got he was fighting somebody, and like oh, maybe he's this Irish guy, he just wanted to brawl, and I bet you that probably happened to Anton because you tell he wanted to fight, yeah. When but when you got one knockout in your first three, you, just because you want to fight, you shouldn't have to try to want to fight because that's how you get these losses in a row, knockouts. If you don't have that same power to bring in a brawl, um, you have to accept being a boxer, yeah. you know, or or if you're like my man Polly. I'd, I'd fight Polly. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, worried about, I ain't worried about him messing me up. He'll work me. Yeah. He'll work me bad. But I ain't worried about him knocking out, breaking any bones in my face. Yeah. Because, and, and he's at peace with that. That's why he's a two-time world champion, two different weight classes. Yeah. But you, know? you just got to know your lane and stay you in You got to know it. your lane and stay in And then when you do I, that, though. You know that Polly, when his last title, he went to Russia and fought the guy and knocked him out in the seventh round? It was great. Nobody wanted to fight, too. And we ain't seen that dude since. So, yeah, but so. let's talk about Kurt because now he's best commentator or third best commentator out there. I love listening to him talk. The next one was David Perez versus Gustavo Molina. Molina, so. very famous name you've heard in boxing. Not this guy, not this Molina, Gustavo, who uh, had a couple bad breaks. Uh, you know, he gets a decent fight on TV. A, cu- a couple bad breaks. So, um, his face. How many? How many is a couple? Um, what's his losses? Three. No, no. How many is a couple? Two. Two. A couple bad breaks is not twelve. That's twelve losses he has on his record, man. So I don't know where you studied. Oh, you went. You, you grew up in Vegas, so right. your education system on a couple it, bad gambling, breaks. It's gambling <laughs> yeah, math, bad. all right. It's gambling math. For the, there's there's a bunch out there going, yup, 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 yup. You're lucky. You don't want into this world. You don't so, want no part of that. So right? the great uh, the great thing about this fight was, um, you know, we're not spoiling nothing. Yeah. Um, it was a super bantamweight, and when you start to get into those, uh, a lot of punches, those, a lot of punches. When you Very get fast rounds, yeah. But you actually got one of the first ones that's uh, going to be in our KTFO section. That's right, KTFO. So yep. it's uh, David Perez ended up uh, sleeping this guy uh, in the sixth round. Literally, just L- yeah. just slept him. But um, people have th- heard the term faceplant. <laughs> that's all I can say. You have to check it out in the app. Um, if you don't know what KTFO stands for, you, you just click on them and you're you're gonna find yeah, out. You'll you're figure it out. If not, just think 
think Friday. Yeah. And also, yeah. I like to give a shout out to my pops because he was one of the first people who used that acronym. So uh, I want to give credit yeah. where credit's due. Now, uh, David. Now on to David, David Perez, and he's seven and zero with three knockouts. It was uh, looked his, good. He looked good. He looked real good. Um, well, one of the things that they were discussing is, um, well, one of the things I saw from the eye test, it was hard to judge him just because of the dude of his quality of his opponent. Was overwhelmed. Now he can't help who's in, who's on the he other side of the don't. ring. His job is to put him down, and that's what happened. He's so not the uh, David he's not Perez, the he's not the, he does. He just goes out there and he fights. Does so. his job. He doesn't. He didn't really have great power. That's mm-hmm. one thing I saw. That um, just landed on the money. That that final punch that that ended the fight was a great money punch. Yeah. Um. And patience. What? But you know another thing I saw though too is like um, in that I thought he was way. I don't know whether it's because Gustavo uh, Molina had way more fights in him and he was just a veteran. It was also weird to me how Gustavo came out every round and touched gloves. That's you know, a that's that, one thing that they thought, a fighter. It's one thing. Look. If you have a great round where you guys are giving it to each other, okay, that's yeah. the only other time you should probably touch hands before that first time you touch hands at the beginning of the fight, okay? Yeah. Unless there's a great exchange or you accidentally punch the dude below the waist, right? Yeah. That that's that's about it because if, if you punch a man below the waist by accident, yeah, you better touch the yeah. Bus. You, you so, if you not, you better hope the ref is like, don't retaliate. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, Tyson Savage, I'm gonna make you my girlfriend. <laughs> so it's um, Gustavo Molina. He was flat footed, but David Perez, he got hit a little bit too much for me. Way too much. So I, obviously I don't know he didn't respect his power at all. But um, even still, you way don't, too don't, much. Don't take punishment when you don't have to. When you don't. So no. that's one bad, of the reasons why just watching plan. him, what I from the eye test, just watching him, I'm like, I don't know how good he can be or how good he really is. But as of right now, he's. That's why it was a six round right fight. Now, right now, he's eight and zero with four mm-hmm. knockouts, and all he's doing is he's uh he's beating everybody who they put. Fifty percent knockout ratio. His trainer's got to be happy for him. He's not Lomachenko who could come in on his second fight and get a world title fight and. Hang with any world class opponent. Yeah. There's nobody else so far that could do that as an Olympian to pro. Um, we see a lot try. Uh, so with Perez, I'm expect. I only expect him still to continue to see him on this type of event. Maybe uh, showbox new generation until he's up there. But he looked good. He looked okay. But yeah. we'll see how he is when he fights some good levels. Yeah. Uh, a good level opposition. The next was Ricky Edwards versus Kent Cruz. Uh, I found somebody I like. Now Ricky Edwards was actually probably the showcase in there because um, he was he was introduced second, so that would means he would be the A side of this. Eleven and 0, three knockouts. And then Kent Cruz, uh, there for a shot on TV. Puerto Rican. Kind of. Te- based out of Kinda. Texas, though. Ten and 0, six knockouts. I'm pretty sure everybody tells him super, if he's in super, Texas, they tell him he's half Mexican or something. Uh, no, no. Super super lightweight uh, bout. Um, now, whenever I look out the uh, the wins to knockout ratio, especially mm-hmm. with Ricky Edwards, three knockout three knockouts and, and eleven wins. This guy's like a, a bo- he's a boxer. I think there was a three or four year age difference too. Yeah, um, I just think of a pure boxer. Mm-hmm. I think of pure boxer. Yeah. So they were actually both turned out to be really really good boxers though. Yeah. Um, both had great hand speed, pretty good hand speed. But Ricky um, Edwards kept making the same mistake. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it was a weak chin, but um, also one of the things we discussed. It was that right hand. Just every time it landed, it hurt him. It just looked like it hurt him. It just um, hurt him. And, I mean, God bless his pride because he was smart in there. He knew when to take a knee when he had to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's good because some – 
a good trainer will tell you, hey. Got knocked down second round. That's right. We, we'll, we'll get the next round. Especially yeah. if you got knocked down once. Yeah. If you need to take the knee technique, we can still, especially if there's time. Yeah. So that's good so, advice, I think. But Kent Cruz, boy. Yeah, he's, you know what, though? What's the old saying? And that's any sport, iron sharpens iron. And then so Kent Cruz looked really good, looked mm -hmm. really poised out there, and it's because of his sparring partners. Yep. So we're talking about a guy who's sparring against the Charlo brothers. What, which one of them at least? The one, of, sure. one of them at least. I want to say it was Jamal. Um, There's no way to tell right now. It's so and so Charlo brothers. And I wonder then, if uh, they got confused with each other. Yeah, <laughs> or like looked in the mirror. And like, you, wait, what is it? What does wait, it look like when you when both of them here? are sparring and they're right. wearing the same colored trunks? It's like, hey, what? I don't know to yell at. Yeah. But then. Um, Eris Randy Laura, mm. who we, we talk about uh, more than a few times a on the show. A lot of people put there. him up there as one of the top pound-for-pound -pound fighters, Laura. So to and get any moments with that man, I can see, I can see why. It, it's got to be, it's, it's got to make you better for sure. The training showed. The yeah, training showed in uh, Kent Cruz. Uh, that's a guy that you're going to have to look out for, though. Um, he capitalized on his moment of opportunity, that's for sure. Especially mm -hmm. since it seemed, it seemed like Ricky Edwards was the A-side, but no one now, Heyman, Whoever won, yeah. won for him. Yeah, uh, Ken Cruz has sneaky power. That's one thing I noticed. It's just like it wasn't nothing too rattling, but every time you, you see can it, tell it, pops. it bothers. Yeah. It bothered. It bothered him. It bothered him uh, every single time. Only thing. Uh, only thing I had a problem with the fight was uh, he. Every time he got tied up, he looked at the ref to break it up too much. I, it, it, that that's bothers so me, annoying to me. That's in any sport when you're always looking for. Don't something. look at the ref. You, you, Don't look at the ref. Do your he job. He ain't got nothing to do with this. Do your job. Yeah. I'm with your you on job. this one because. If the ref's not breaking it up and you're looking at him, Ricky Edwards has every right in his face to knock every right mm -hmm. to knock you out. He has every right to uh, put hands on you because you're sitting there looking for the ref and he's not breaking it up. Uh, Kent Cruz's trainer, when uh, they asked him about it, is he said that uh, Ricky Edwards was notorious for tying up and grabbing, so they came into that fight knowing that. So and then maybe when, maybe it's the trainer's fault maybe, said for kind of getting that in his head because now you're seeing it and talking because the trainer even talked about it. Yep. But you know, growing up in sports, period. One thing my coach has always taught me. Don't look don't for look the, ref. the ref. Don't look at it. That's not your job. You go out there. You have a, your own job to do. So go out there and now, do your. Now do you your said thing. some more inspirational ish when we were in the when we were in the ride on the way to do that great interview with Mister Mustin. Um, and what would you say about getting fouled when you when you was hooping? Because you you are a oh. poet on that court. I oh, see. I see a little bit of it. It's, look, it's me. I I never. Whenever I expected to get the and one. The reason why I expected to get the end one because I'm not looking for I'm not looking for charity I'm not looking for you to help me out so if you found me no matter how hard it was I'm still gonna get the point I should have scored that anyway I'm not worried about you if I'm doing my job I'm not worried about what you have what you're doing to disturb me as long as I get my job I do my job so now um, don't let that fool you because I want you to help us out by going to the Play Store and going to the App Store make sure you download that Squared Circle app it's in there and I know you got a smartphone if not. Psh, if you don't got a smartphone, you better find, you better think about what you're, you're doing really in life. You're single. You're more than single. You have a couple <laughs> pets. One of them has a, a regular person's name, probably for sure, with your last name, of course. But download the app. Tell a friend. That's one of the best things about it. I want to give a shout out to to Bruce Leroy because that's word of mouth. Word, word of, of mouth, mouth is the best thing out there. It's still, it's it's the free advertising and that's how I find out about great movies great friends sometimes a lot of things comes from it so download the app tell everybody about it you can hit us up at talking smack 101 at Twitter talking spirit circle at gmail yeah so and then uh, last bout on that card was a uh, Darwin price looked 
good. Looked good. Man. Real. He good. actually fought last. Well, he fought like one or two months ago, and I actually watched that fight too. Um, Jamonte Starks is no slouch. Yeah, thirteen to one. No seven slouch. Knockout. No so slouch. His last fight he lost. I've, I've seen a couple of fights before that. He always looked really good. Mm -hmm. But same thing with him. Was what happened with uh, Ricky Edwards? Just kept getting yeah. caught. Uh, Darwin Price, relentless, was the first thing that I saw. It's like this dude is his like, family build athletes. Yeah, apparently. man. Yeah, you he saw kept it. They showed his kids got all them track medals. Apparently, he was a track star. Yeah, uh huh. He was a he was a Olympic track star. That's he was an insane. Olympic track star, so. so his family builds breeds athletes. Apparently. Yeah. So he's um. So Darwin Price, if you more, seen, if you guys see, a lot more fact, violent I than track. Yeah, <laughs> a little huh. bit. But he made sure he got decided to stay. You know, okay. you, know, you know, he got that conditioning, though. Mm -hmm. He got that conditioning to be hey. able to last. That's how you know you're a fighter. You stop running, you just stand and fight. Mm -hmm. But he looked really good with them skills. Good, good one, two. Talk yeah. about a good one, two. Just good. His basic his basic boxing mm -hmm. looked really great with just from his footwork stance that just he kept the jab out there touching him yeah. and just kept nailing him. Yeah. Right now he's uh, he sits at a uh, eleven and zero with uh, six knockouts. So super light super lightweight. So we're gonna uh, so we're gonna say um, got eleven fights in him. He's still a couple years out before he's yeah. a real contender. But yeah. um, we're gonna see what happens in that division. Working with so, Ronnie Shields, yeah. he'll be fine. He's gonna he's got the frame to move up. You know, he's a big, tall guy. Got good power, good reach. Not bad. I liked everything I saw from him. I mean, you know, Devontae Starks, keep your chin up. Um, you you got to learn to adjust. He yeah. didn't adjust at all. He made no adjustments. Kept getting popped. We got He got dropped once, and then he got... He, I got KO'd in, uh, I want to say it was the sixth or seventh round, one of those. Don't you mean I, KTFO? Yeah. Hashtag nah. KTFO. <laughs> nah. That wasn't as bad as the Molina one. Nah. The other nah, fight before that was definitely KTFO. Um, but he got KO'd. That was a good style by the ref. And it, that fight ended the way it should because the way it started. Now we have uh, some good fights coming up this weekend. First, we got Daniel Jacobs fighting on Friday versus Sergio Moro. This is a rematch. Um, opening that fight is Robert Easter Jr. versus Kame. Kame. Uh, Richard. K Richard. Kami. 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 Now, um, uh, name name alone, uh, I like Robert Easter. He's a good, solid fighter. Um, Richard Kami, I don't want to badmouth anybody who I haven't seen. He's mm -hmm. from Ghana. I haven't seen. I I looked up. I tried to find some uh, tape on this guy. Didn't see nothing that I was really impressed to make me remember him. So, so now, if you're his trainer, should you be like a little worried because like has he been fighting people in uh, Ghana? Like what is how what is it, who is he like Rocky Four? No sparring partners. Uh, how do you prepare? Or or is his record like Creed? You know, it's like, hey, well, he's got like one or two fights. No, he has 15, 14 or whatever. Um, he has 24 fights. He has tw the thing is, he has 24 fights, Richard Kami. Kami, he's 24 fights and uh, 22 knockouts. So I don't know who he's fought, but his record is impressive. So It looks good on paper, that's for sure. What's Robert Easter's record? So Robert Easter's record. He's, seven, he's 17 and 0 with uh, 14 KOs, but he's, okay. the, but he's head of the card. So, so obviously, based on this, this fight should not. Based on that, the fight should not go the distance. If we got a guy, Robert Easter Jr., who's got high knockout percentage, three ratio. fights that didn't end by knockout. But we Richard don't. has got but two. We don't know his competition, his level of competition. So that's, that's right. the same. It's just like, but he he's in a he's in the same boat as a. Hey, it's okay to me. I, I don't mind it when uh, a promoter wants to make a fight based on records. I don't mind it too much because somebody gets exposed. Somebody's O somebody got to go. O has got to go. And somebody will get exposed, uh, especially if, if 
or or I get oh wait, let's not say, say explodes. Let's just say the level of clash will will appear. Will we'll show up. Will definitely show up. Like, it'll appear, and you'll know who was definitely the better fighter. And then the other person just goes go back to the drawing board, get them sparring partners up that level opposition. And then we got the the headliners Daniel Jacobs versus Sergio Mora. Yeah. Not too much to go into this fight because it's a rematch. Um, um, but we're we're gonna see how that ankle healed from uh, Sergio Mora, who um, lost about to Daniel Jacobs, even though they exchanged knockdowns. Um, he rock, he he popped him, but Daniel Jacobs did. should handle this fool. Yeah, he coming off he, that that win with Kid Chaka, who ain't who Pete, we ain't seen. I, I, I like Peter he, Quillen. I was um, he, he's I, he, I mean, yeah he, I like did, I, I did like Daniel him, Jacobs just destroy that man? Did, he did. Did, did he, he did, did he did he, did he, he did. hurt more than his? We don't know yet. I'm not going to say that. We, I'm not going to okay. say yet because that he's was still young. Yeah. We'll, we'll give him some time. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I know he he's also a new parent, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. One thing I do want to bring up about Jacobs because he mentioned something about the the big fight on Saturday that's coming up. Uh, apparently, him and his his team they called out Triple G. Now, is this like a a, a possible why you don't diss Eminem moment here? This is. When you're walking, you put one foot in front of the other. Take care of what you got in front of you first. I like that. Before you worry about calling out big fish, because mm -hmm. if you can, because if you're already about to fight somebody who's dropped you before, if you're overlooking him, Sergio Moore got something to prove. He may, he don't want to take mm -hmm. two losses from the same person. He's not a slouch, man. So he's, he's got not, he's, he's fought. Not, he's been in the ring with like Shane Mosley. He's been then, in the ring with some guys. And then you got that. You got, of course it's kind of corny, but you got that chip on your shoulder. It's like, oh, you're gonna look over me. It's like, yeah, don't get through me first before you take There's on some bad somebody blood else. in there. It's, and, and, and I'm not gonna say it's not like Daniel Jacobs just sat and called him out. They it was in with an interview that I think they were just talking to him about the Brook fight, Triple G, and they were asking about his current coming up fighting, and he just said, "Hey, we already called him out. We already called him out. Um, he wasn't calling him out before the fight, but still, that is still the right answer either way because you got to worry about the man in front of you. It's okay to mention that, but at the same time, uh, Daniel Jacobs had to do it. He had to do it because he's not the champ. The WBA belt he has is an interim belt, all right." Nah, he, they set on one. He has his one he gets to keep. But the regular champ, only champ, is Triple G for that WBA belt. So, I get it. He had to, he had to do it. Now, we're going to do a what if. Daniel Jacobs versus Triple G. Do you see that playing out any other way than I see that out? Or should Daniel Jacobs get another one in before that? Depending on who it is, of course. Or should, or should he maybe try to go after Canelo first? That's a whole bunch of ifs, man. And and the thing about ifs is just it's what if much. someone's listening? We're, we're still yeah, here no, doing it. Yeah, answer I know, the really, damn question. Yeah, no. See, no. The reason why I got a problem with that is because like we haven't even gotten to the we haven't even gotten to the the triple G. Okay. We haven't even gotten to the triple G fight. Okay. Then we'll we'll, we'll change it to one if. We'll we'll, we'll change it to one what if then since since we're gonna talk about like, triple G. Like, yeah. So like. Kell Brook is huge right now. He's a beast. So, and we were talking about it itself. Triple G said, like, he's a lot bigger than what I thought. He's a monster. He's, he's, he looks like a monster. He's a lot bigger. So, I mean, do I have to answer your question? Do I have to answer your question? Okay, no, no. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to answer my question because the fight's not happening. And then we can, we can, we but, can, we can settle that then. Uh, but if you're... Uh, I would take Triple G over Daniel Jacobs. Okay, so then how about this one? This is what I want. If Dan, assuming Daniel Jacobs beats Sergio Mora, where should he go next? Who do you think he should fight next? Who, who do you think he should call out? Who should he try to go after? If you were his, if you were Al Heyman, and I'm looking for any other middleweights, yeah, to prepare him because it's, it, they're on a collision course. Regardless, if you had to pick somebody, 
You know, he already knocked out Kid Chocolate. So that's one down. Um, who else is out there at 160? We got we got David Lemieux is out there. Uh, we got Gabe Rosado maybe is out there. Uh, we got uh, there's James Kirkland maybe because he can move him. He can move up to 160. Um, try to get Laura in there. Maybe one, one of the Charlo brothers. Ooh, yeah, but those guys are fighting at 154. We'll try to focus on some of the 160 pounders uh, with that one. That's a I think that's a very good idea because. Not, not a what if on who he who he will beat or who would win in that scenario, but who who do you think they should go to next? That's 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 the question at hand, young Padawan. So the thing about that is, no matter who he go, who he, between him because he's sharing the w, WBA title with uh, Triple G. So does the king share his crown? Not at all. So okay. I can understand why he calls him out because, like, I, I kind of like that. We've already like talked about and discussed it before about unifying titles. So you know what? Why not, man? You beat Kid Chocolate, who's a worthy adversary. Uh, if you beat Sergio Mora um, convincingly, then why not? I mean, if Triple G handles his business and beats Kell Brook like everybody thinks he is, mm -hmm. Daniel Jacobs is a very formidable uh, opponent. So I'm looking on, I'm looking on uh, the pound for pound ranks is what we have. He is. Uh, Fight News has uh, Daniel Jacobs as number three behind uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, for them. So why not? Yeah, that's. A, I think that's a very intriguing matchup, and that would be uh, as far as for negotiation wise, Golden Boy. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a great negotiation tactic, especially if uh, Canelo fights Daniel Jacobs. But if you do take do a fight like that, for me, I would say you have Canelo fight him at the full one sixty. Yeah, because Daniel Jacobs' frame, great story, uh, beating cancer and all, but his frame is definitely, it's definitely you know a little bit bigger. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of good names in that 160 pound. We can't forget about Eubank Jr. Um, Andy Lee's out there. Ooh, maybe she, that's that's actually probably the best fight right there. Andy Lee for Daniel Jacobs, former world champion. So for, he, that's a that's a former world champion. He's already a champion. Why is he, he fought why to a draw with Kid Chocolate? He, this boy, when he won his title. He was losing that fight, then knocked the dude out. Came back. Use the one of the last Kronk fighters. If you're the thing is, strike while the iron's hot. If you beat who you needed to beat, and Triple G's uh, the king of that castle, mm -hmm. go for the go for the money. I mean, I I would respect the fight. I would want. I wouldn't mind wanting to see that. That's they're a good both. Fight, yeah. They're both. That's a good fight. They're both. Uh, they both have great records. Mm -hmm. And then if they both handed their business, why wouldn't you? Now to answer my own question, I would say I would like to see Daniel Jacobs fight uh, maybe one of Triple G's victims like David Lemieux, Curtis Stevens. I think Canelo would be a good fight. Um, but I wouldn't want that one yet because I would hate to have to pick between those two. I really like I like Daniel Jacobs' story. Yeah. I like to see him fight David Lemieux or Curtis Stevens. David Lemieux, I think he's David Lemieux is a he's an entertaining fighter. He just didn't look entertaining. Um, he got his bangs knocked off by Triple G. Uh, I remember that. His just hair whipped everywhere. everywhere. It just went everywhere. All so. I can hear was uh, the, the Will Smith's daughter singing. Oh my goodness, it was horrible. But that just shows how smart Triple G was uh, by not going into a war yet. Mm -hmm. He wants a street fight. Now let's go. Now let's get, let's tease a little bit because we're gonna get more into that one here. First on that fight card is gonna be Kamage. Kamagai. Kamagai versus Soto Carrasco. Now Kamagai, if you don't know, you can see him in the fight of the year section in your squared circle app. You can find it in the App Store, Google Play. If you go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash talking smack 101, you'll find the links on there that goes directly into your phone and then you can download the app directly. Hey, and you know what you need to do with that? Send that same link or the page to a friend. Tell somebody about it. Let them know 
That's what we're here to do. Talk about the sweet science. Now, the first fight on that card, Kamagai being in the fight of the year is going against Soto Karras, who has been had a great career, fought a lot of big names, but he's kind of fell into that gatekeeper uh, part of his career. He's, he's, that's just what it is. He's the gatekeeper. He's got his title shots, couldn't capitalize on it against some killer opposition. If you, his last one that he had, he lost to uh, he beat Andre Berto, but then he lost to one time Keith Thurman. Which still aren't bad fighters at all. At so, all. At any, so you really can't get a... You can't really knock him for that one. You can't really knock him. But I think this is a very interesting fight because Kamagai is there to... These, uh, these Japanese fighters got this Mexican style. Yeah, they do. They, they're they totally, really hard-nosed. It's, it's and a kamikaze like, cult, in them. Culture-wise, culture like, you really wouldn't expect it if you just think about it, but some of the Japanese fighters are... But when you do think about it, it's like, maybe they, I do are, because of are, World War II. They're, and, they're, you know, they're crazy, man. So, never saying that about... Anybody, the no, when, they, when, they, when I talk about World War II, remember, the, USA, undefeated, back-to-back, -back, baby, back-to-back -back chance, <laughs> World War, right? But... Common guy, we know it's gonna be, it's gotta be exciting. We got a guy with a Mexican style fight versus a Mexican fighter. If this fight is boring, I would be very upset. I, I don't think it has like it's one of those ones where it's just like it has to be. This is when when I when I see the 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 promoter or the guy getting this fight card in order and he saw that available, he was like, how do you not open with this? This is this is. This is pure fireworks here. Like, uh, what was the, what was the fight we saw just recently? The last week, uh, Pedro, the dog. Yeah, um, um, Alfredo Gulo versus uh, Freddie Hernandez. A little little bit older than the tooth, both of them, but because of their level, that was a, just a good, exciting fight. It was a good brawl, and people want to see that. Then we got a, a, a very interesting one, um, and that's going to be Choc Chocolito. Chocolatito. Chocolatito. Gonzalez. Roman Gonzalez, man. He's so. on a lot of... There's a lot of people that got him ranked number one pound for pound. It's hard to argue that because of his weight. Oh, um, before we get on that, too, um, the reason why this uh, the Kamagai fight and the Soto Karas fight is going to be good is because this is their rematch. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. When did they rematch. first fight? Uh, they fought... Hold on. It's number three. I'm gonna give you on me. They fought, they I should have known this. They it's fought. Uh, they fought earlier this year. They fought on um, what? What month is that? April. April fifteenth. They fought, and it was a draw. Oh. So split decision. Good. So good. A, so this is a this is to get him out. So that's the reason why. Um, it's glad to see K two able to pull this fight together. On this fight card, this is not bad. You don't see this too many, too many often, man. When you come mm -hmm. with a, it's like right away. It's just like, no, we need to settle this. We need to settle right, this right yeah. away. And I'm glad. So. I, I mean, I love that. I love that. That's how hip hop beef should still be. <laughs> and then Chocolatito, like I said, a Roman lot of people Gonzalez. got him up there. Mr. Roman Gonzalez got him up there in uh, one of the top pound, pound for pound, pound, pound yeah. but he's fighting at 122. Right? What's he fighting at? 100? Oh no, like 118. So it's one of the. And he's fighting Carlos Quadras. Is who he's fighting, and I believe they're fighting at 118 pounds. Is where they fight at. And Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez is very, very. He's he's solid. He's bad. He he's got um, this consistent winning. He punches and bunches. Everything about him is solid. But the thing about uh quad quadris quadris mm -hmm. or whatever we found out about him, we this guy has a very impressive record. Number and he Fight News is, got him ranked number two pound for pound in the 115 bantamweight division. Oh. They got him above uh, Noyoya. A lot of vowels in his name. You I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna just. No, I'm not gonna disrespect this man's family by just. It looks like Anu. 
I-N-O-U-E. I've seen him. I've seen his YouTube fights. I don't want to murder his name too bad. But, and I believe, uh, Mr. Roman Martin. Uh, no, no, no. But looking at his highlights, the guy's got a nice record, but how many of those fights are against quality opposition is the question. You get, we've, this will be the third time we've, ref, we've referenced this. You can't help who you fought. You can't help. Mm -hmm. All he does is put him down. But this guy's 35-0, 27 knockouts. Um, he's got, he looking at his Looking at his highlights, man, he dictates the ring in the fights. Good for and work. And he's a good for work, good head movement, mm -hmm. um, Carlos Quadras. Um, and then he's a body puncher. So, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, he moves around a lot, and he's a pure boxer. He's a great boxer. He takes a lot of... He has how a lot do you of power, slow so, him down? So, you slow, you slow him down by one of Teddy Atlas's uh, great... Put water in the basement. And this water is Chocolatito's, I think, first fight at, first or second fight at 115 pounds. It's a super flyweight. Yeah, he's moving super, up on this one. Super flyweight. Junior Bantam. He's moving up on this one for this fight. Um, and they're talking he might move up to 118. I forgot. But Roman... Chocolate, they even have his name as Chocolatito Gonzalez on yeah, there. Yeah, so you know, if you're looking for him, it's under Roman Gonzalez. So yeah. Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. WBC's but, hey. world champion, uh, but Fight News got him ranked number one in that division. And uh, he's on a lot of people's top 10 pound for pound, but 45 it's no, hard. 38 knockouts, man. So, Oof. um... No, depending on that Carlos Quadras, um, he's a uh, record. Record says he belongs in the ring. I'm, I'm hoping he's going to have size and an advantage since Chocolatito is moving up. Um, but we're going to find out that level of class because we know what level of class Chocolatito is. There was yeah. no doubt. Like, he, I think he can go all the way up to 122. The only thing against him is that is time and age. Having 40 fights, how shop-worn are you? You know, that's, I feel like that's the only thing that could really hurt him in that scenario. But... Carlos, the highlights I saw, Carlos Quadras looked really, really good. Good footwork, good speed. Yeah, so I'm, I'm showboating a little bit. I'm hoping it's, uh, I'm hoping it's better than advertised, so which I think it should be though. Oh well, to tell you the truth, even if it's not, Chocolatito always makes for a good fight though. So Roman Gonzalez, um, Carlos Quadras, uh, make sure you watch out for this. So make and then uh, make sure you check your times because it's uh, there are earlier times for the um, the Triple G fight also. Triple G too. fights on at two in the afternoon. If you got that's, HBO that's East, specific. If you're yes. on the West Coast, it's two in the afternoon, but that that would indicate the fight does start at 5 p.m. Eastern time um, on HBO. Now, Triple G Kelbrook, is there any different opinion as far as who we think are going to win? Are we really going to We're going to talk about this because this is what we talk but, about. But the thing is, we've discussed it a few times, man. It's, okay. Um, it's Kelbrook. He has the size now, mm -hmm. but does he have the? Uh, the he's always had the size. We didn't acknowledge Does he have the skills to match? I don't think he does. I think we're going to see another. Um, will Special K be on a special bus? But will Special now, K be on a special bus? Styles uh, make gonna, fight. Now mm -hmm. Triple G said he wants a street fight. Uh -huh. Now this is what I wanted. This is this is what we're we're not going to pick the winner in this one. We're going to pick the weight Kilbrook walks in at on the day of the fight. Because so what Triple is, so G, what are they supposed to be walking in at one sixty. So one sixty is, that, is, is that what they're going to weigh in at on Friday, uh -huh. and then. From what I remember last time, Triple G hydrated up to about 170 pounds in his last fight. Mm -hmm. So it shows that he's probably a natural 154 pounder. Walks, he probably walks around at that 170, 175 even. But So he walked in a little bit over 170 with his last fight. Kel Brook, on the seven-day weigh-in, the week before, he was 167 pounds. Triple G was 164. 
What do you think Kell Brook is going to walk into? 170. See, 170 even? I think, I think 170 even. That's what he walks in. 10 pounds over it. So you don't want to be too heavy to mm -hmm. where you can't move. But the thing is, he walks around a little bit heavier too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be natural for him. And that's going to allow him to keep a lot of power too. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have to drain He doesn't have to drain himself to stay down. So not like he's fighting as a welterweight anymore. So I'm going to I'm gonna say around 170 is what he's going to stay Around in. 170. Okay, 170. I agree and disagree with you. But because I am the expert, I'm going to say 172. I'm going to give you an exact number. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, we got that squared circle lap. Check out that KTFO section. So I've been, it, how long so, have I been so, bugging you, so, my man, about it, that? Yeah, you, you've been bugging me for a while. And then, you know, I I, I haven't been slacking. I, I got people that talk to people that uh, I got I got high, peop place, high people in low, low places. places and, I, and, I, and I try to get there or whatever. But the KTFO, once you click on there and you'll be able to see exactly what it stands for. Uh, use the... Uh, Use that. What I don't know what use you call it. Use, use a squared circle app. Use a squared circle app. So. It's in the Play Store. It's in the App Store. Now, one last thing I want to touch on that it's not even in here, but I said it to you last night. It was the first face-off between Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward. Now, I saw that face-off just online, and mm -hmm. that was that was intense. I felt it through my phone when I watched it. Hey, did you feel it? I did. Andre Ward. Is taller than it like I test he's a little, he's a little bit, bit taller, taller he's a little now. bit taller though so I think that's that advantage and then it's uh we we already talked about we you already know how I feel I'm, about Andre yeah. Ward. you know how I feel about I, him, I, I'm 100% with you on it but I'm and I'm not even getting close we're not even talking about picking a winner but that smirk in Sergey Kovalev he already said in one article that you can see on facebook.com forward slash talking smack 101 he said if Andre Ward holds too much he's gonna break his hands now that could be the Russian mob going to visit him after he loses. I've seen, seen training today. I know how this works. Right, right. You saw what happened to Denzel. It's Denzel. You know, <laughs> Denzel. He died in Man on Fire. That was it. Yeah. So. But yeah, that the smirk worries me a little bit. I don't know. And you, you earned the name Crusher. Hey, but Andre Ward is pound for pound. He's in, in today. Rank he's the, to he's me the pound today. He's the best fighter out there. And and I'm disappointed for the lack of respect he gets from some people. It's but all right though, they don't know no better. Hey, you forgive them for they don't know what they do. As I of today, I'm gonna that. say there's something in the air about it, man. It's a little bit different. It's a little weird to me. Maybe it's just because of Sergey Kovalev. I've seen the greatness he brings to it, and I've seen Andre Ward's greatness. But I'm a little worried. A little worried. But that's gonna be it for today. I hope you enjoyed the interview that we had with Mr. Thomas Munston. Uh, Mustin, I'm, I apologize. And you can reach them at facebook.com forward slash Tacoma Boxing Club. Show the support. They got a GoFundMe link on there. Click on the link. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We got to keep that gym open. Um, they got a lot of good offers out there, but they're on a timeline. They got to get out real quick. So they need your support. Check it out. And and listen to us all the through the app, Squared Circle. Make sure you touch all those icons on the app because I'm updating a lot of stuff Check all day. Check that Fight man. of the Year so section. The Fight of the Year section. That's a quick one-stop um box. Also, just uh, look at it. I'm going to start putting all the past fights on there. So anytime that you miss anything on TV, mm -hmm. I'm going to have it up for you within right. a week. So uh, that's, that's I love the Fight of the Year section. So. One thing about that KTFO section I like is it's a great icebreaker because if you have a silent moment and you're trying to find anything to talk about, what's better than, ooh, Did you know, see they just that. see that. They just see that. So everybody out there, thanks for listening. You can hit us up at TalkingSmack101 at Twitter.com, TalkingSquaredCircle at Gmail. Just remember, the champ is here, and thank you.
Yo, up in the MGM, coked up. Sight. Six niggas walked in, flashing they just peace. Sight. One dark skin nigga, 56 inch rope. Wrapped around twice. Smashed the Gilligan boat with ice. They threw sign language. Ordered hot coffee with a Danish. Relax, whispered they rap entertainers. Had Lizzie on. Two Japanese birds with first look. Good kid. Laid back, handling the dirt. It's like round three. We too black for BT. You memorize the one to 40. I'm at the 19th degree. If a civilized person doesn't perform, his duty was shall be done. Pardon me, God. That nigga got a gun poking out his sweatpants. Check out his stance. See the side of his grill? Look like my cousin Lance. Left hand. Rocky, guess why? Yo, I think I did his cloth. He wanted crushed bone leather with the strings off. Now I remember. He from Beer Mountain.